0: How many of you believe that you had a fresh touch of God last week? Amen. Put your hand up, put your hand up. That's almost everybody. You had, a, you had a touch from God last week. Okay. If I were to ask you privately, how many of you had that touch on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? That, that same measure of the presence, the same measure of the river, you were rolling around laughing, ha, 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 drunk, ha, ha, whoa. All that, you know, all of that stuff was happening during the week, which means you were having Friday service every day. Not everybody would put their hand up. Not everybody would say, well, uh, Pastor John, you know, I, I got busy, <laughs> Pastor John, you know, I have kids. Uh, Pastor John, you know, I went to work and then my boss was like, he, Pastor John, I had this business deal and then, you know, I had to go and uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't experience God uh, the way, same way that I did on, a, on, on Friday. See, the issue with us is that we love having encounters with God but we don't know how to sustain the encounter. God wants to encounter you. He wants to encounter your presence. But the only way you can sustain an encounter is through fellowship. You can sustain an encounter with God 24 hours a day, seven days a week, only if you choose to fellowship with him. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. It's communion. Not just taking communion, but it is being one with him. Every single day, every day, every day, you can have the most phenomenal experience on a Friday service. And on Saturday, it should get better. It's Sunday, you should get even more better. Monday, it is like, oh my goodness, I'm in heaven. Tuesday, meet everybody together. Oh my gosh. Had an awesome experience with God. Encounter, bam. Wednesday, deep. Thursday, deep. And then you come so filled with God on a Friday, you don't even need a band to play. You don't need five songs to crank you up to feel the presence of God, brother. I'm coming to give the presence of God. That is what it means to live from an encounter. To live from an encounter with God. How many of you would say that you really love God's presence? If I were to say, how much do you love his presence? What would you say? Just shout it out. Huh? With? with? All my life? How much? Are are you... See, most times when I say... You know, there's this greeting when people, Christians, call each other. Say, praise the Lord, brother. (laughs) And they expect me to say praise the Lord. When you say praise the Lord, my response is... He is so good. He is so awesome. I love him. He's alive in my life. He is moving in my life. That is the difference between just a salutation versus actual praise. So when you say, I love the Lord, how much? That would be me saying, praise the Lord. And your response would be? Yeah. See, you cannot go to you cannot go before an angel or stand before an angel and just say praise the Lord, angel. Because the angel will join you in praising the Lord. So if I say praise the Lord, your response will be. that now 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 that is relationship that is you saying i have experienced god i know him in my life i have seen him move he's not just a fable he's not just in the book he's in my life so i'm gonna ask you again praise the lord brother praise the lord sister Come on. There is no one like you, God. There is no one like you, Lord. No one in heaven. No one on earth. We are so absolutely in love with you, Jesus. So good. So good. You must understand that praise... God, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So step one for you to experience the presence of God is praise. Just right now, if you were to just close your eyes just now in this moment. Because you praised him, he came and he manifested his presence on your praise. You will be able to experience Him. Yeah. See, this this series is about experiencing God. Yes. The series is not about more knowledge. I love the analogy of the Evion Voto. You know that, that that I love it. We can get so Bible-headed, word-headed that we have no experience to talk about. Yeah. We can be so filled with knowledge that we never experience everything that we know. I know she is my wife. How do I know? I live with her, man. (laughs) She sleeps right next to me. We eat the same food. We talk. I know the smell of her perfume. I know her clothes. I know when she's walked into the room. I know her. Do you know him? Do you know him? Some people, uh, some men are scared of their wives. Why, why are you guys looking at your wives, man? Now, now is not the time. You should look at me straight. Look at me. <laughs> Don't give it away. <laughs> I know who I have to deal with now. Later. <laughs> some men are scared of their wives. Some women. Some men adore their wives. Now is the best time to like. It. <laughs> it's a response. Your resp- you should work on your response time, <laughs> right? Absolutely adore. How do I know it when the wife walks into the room? Look at the expression on the face. Huh? When the husband walks into the house, look at the expression on the face. That's how you know whether you know. So, my question to you would be when God's presence is in this room, what's your expression? What is your expression? You know that God is in this room. You're listening to me, but actually he's talking to you. So how would you respond to him? When my wife walks into the room, my eyes, you know those cartoons that you would see with hearts in the eyes? It's like, (laughs) I'm so in love with my wife that my eyes are only for her. How much are you in love with Jesus? How much do you love him? I'm willing to lay down my life for my wife easily, easily. Easily. Now would have been a best time to look at her and say, me too. Do you understand? See, many of us have this experience where we have a beautiful encounter with God on a Friday. But the rest of the days, we don't know anything about him. The problem is that we get distracted by everything else that attracts us and we give our hearts to somebody else we give our hearts to something else I'm not saying don't do your business I'm not saying don't do your work I'm not saying don't look after your children I'm not saying don't look after your wife and love your wife everything happens within the presence of God see that we have we live our lives outside if it's work it's outside the presence if it's family, outside of the presence. What if I told you that the presence never leaves you? And that everything that you do is always done in the presence of God. You would, he, he watches everything that you do. And we come into an environment like this where God inhabits the praises of his people and his presence manifests because of your praise, right? Right? because of a he, he manifests himself on the throne of the words that the praise that comes out of your mouth that's why i say just open up your mouth and praise him because when you praise him he, your praise literally becomes the very throne that god sits on a lot of times people ask me how do i experience the presence of god well here praise gratefulness to god love god Give your heart to him in that moment and he will come and inhabit the praises of his people. Yeah. See, but the, but the issue is this, right? We've been saved and rescued and brought into the kingdom of God through Jesus. We've had an encounter with Jesus and he's brought us into his family. We're, we're called the body of Christ. We're called the bride of Christ, Right? But the problem with us is that on a Friday, we meet the groom. But on every other day, we go back to our parents' house. (laughs) The Bible says, two shall cleave, shall leave and cleave and become. We love our comfort zone so much that we'd rather choose to leave Jesus than... Having an encounter with God is just for the moment. But fellowship with God lasts a lifetime. Having an encounter on a Friday It's phenomenal. It happens because everybody in this room comes and praises God. When everybody comes, he, he inhabits the praises of his people. And now every person begins to experience God. That's why I said your neighbor's experience with God is in your mouth. It is in your hand to teach your children to experience the presence of God. It is in your mouth to teach them. If you don't praise him, how would they praise him? Like I see some of the kids up here in the front. I look at them worshipping or not worshipping. They're just forced, I feel like, they're just forced to stand up here. Because they don't know what to do. they just stand like. And they think that that's worship. I want to tell the parents this. Teach your children how to worship. Don't Teach them how to worship. Teach them by worshiping with them. It's very important. Very important. You know, my father and mother are pastors and we never did anything else outside of my mom and dad growing up. Everything that my mom and dad did, if they were worshiping, we were worshiping with them. If he was preaching, I was sitting right next to him. If my mom was teaching, I was sitting right next to him. They never allowed us to go out and do stuff because they knew that this is very important. I need to introduce you to God. I need you to have an experience of God because one day you will leave the house for sure. You will get your own wife for sure. You will create your own life for sure. But if God is not at the center of that life, it will become meaningless. Do you understand? The presence of God is central to our existence. It is central to joy, love, happiness in our lives. If you want to have a a blessed marriage, bring the presence of God into your marriage. If you want your finances to be blessed, have the presence of God in your finances. Or have your finances in the presence of God. It's much better. Do you understand what I'm saying? You must understand the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. 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 Not even you. I love what Georgian said last week. You were crucified on that cross and God set you free from you. But you keep coming back into this room. You keep bringing self into this room. That's why self stops you from pouring out your love on God. Self stops you from praising God. Self wants you to think of yourself more higher than himself. Do you understand? We have to come into this place where either we're in it or we're not. Either we do this or we don't. This is a very, very radical church. Complacency has no place in this church. Ezekiel chapter 47, we see that God, Ezekiel has a vision of God, and we were singing of, of it today quite a lot. Deep cries out the deep. And Ezekiel 47, and I want you to read this when you go home, because what he's trying to say is that the presence of God gets deeper the further it goes from the throne. Are you listening to me? Okay? He's having a vision, and in the vision, he's seeing the river of God coming out from the doorpost, which means the throne is in the room, it's the throne room, and at the doorpost, there's a river that flows from the throne. Okay? And at the doorpost, he says that the the water is ankle deep. This encounter that we're having on a Friday is actually only ankle deep. Some of us are like, that is in itself is too much. <laughs> and so Ezekiel is shown that the further the river goes from the throne, the deeper it gets. So which means your Saturday... Is deeper than your Friday. Sunday, when you're at work, much more deeper than Friday. Monday is even more deeper than Friday. Tuesday, again, we hang out with everybody and the, the presence of God, the throne of God is in the room and the river of God begins to flow. And from life group, life group is not the event, <laughs> life group is the encounter. And then on Witness Day, oh, the river gets deeper. Thursday gets deeper. Friday, you come in as a deep river. You understand? You don't come in here to get a quick fix. You don't come in here just to experience God. I have to go to church. Otherwise, the life coach will call me. No life coach will call you if you don't come to church. If you can't hear Jesus' calls, If you can't, if you can't hear Jesus calling your name, life coach calling your name will look like control. Has, how, do I call you? Hey, why are you not coming to church? I don't. you know why? Because I'm too busy running after Jesus. And I'm hoping that you would do the same. You would leave the coaches alone. Let them run after Jesus. Leave the heads alone. Let them run after Jesus so that you can pursue your own walk with God. You can pursue your own river. But you must understand something. The river of God, it is where the Bible says that wherever the river flowed, it gave life to everything that touched it. And a lot of times people come in here independent of God. They come in independent of God. They don't, they're they're not dependent on God. They're independent of him. And they come in here with their own agenda, their own desires, their own will, everything. And the river of God is going one way. They prefer going another way. You will come and have an ankle deep experience of God and you can walk away and you'll see fruit on Saturday. Sunday, it'll start diminishing. By the time Tuesday comes, you need a fresh touch. That's why you go to life group. And then again, it's the same thing on Friday, dry bones, brother. But what if I told you that the river of God is the will of God, and if you can just let go, if you can just let go of yourself and allow that river to take you wherever it wants, everywhere the river takes you, it will give life the bible says that you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water whose fruit shall not whose leaves shall not wither and you will bear fruit in its season you must understand that the reason why you are grumpy angry all of that stuff is because you're create you're trying to create your own river when the river of god is flowing in one direction my suggestion to you is to jump in that river jump in the deep end oh man pastor i don't know what is going to happen to my life you know i know someone his name is jesus he knows everything that's going to happen to your life and if you surrender your life and give it like, give your life to him he will flow and wherever he goes all you need to do is just go on an adventure with Jesus. Go on an adventure of a lifetime with Jesus. Just let Jesus take you wherever he wants to go. It's too many times we control ourselves. Even our claps are controlled and timed according to a metronome and a drummer. We, everything, even the praise of the Lord is timed according to what somebody else says. Everything happens according to people around us. What about Jesus? What about Jesus? Is he the lover of your soul? Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Are you willing to let go of your life? To allow Jesus to take you wherever he wants to go? Because where Jesus is, there is the fullness of life. Because, you know, sometimes... We have the tendency to live so much in the future that we never get to enjoy the moment. We're so future focused that we don't get to enjoy what God is doing right now. And being in the river is not about where the river's going. It's what are you experiencing while you're in the river. The river of God is going. Let him take you where he's going. But if you choose to begin to experience God in this moment, God, in this moment, I'm experiencing you. And you allow that river to take you wherever it goes. Trust me, your future is guaranteed to be great. Your future is guaranteed to be fruitful. Your future is guaranteed to be one full of life if you can choose to live in this moment. How do I know you don't live in the moment? It's because you are time conscious. Time conscious. What do I do? I have plans afterwards. No, there's no plan. Jesus is the plan. There's no other life. Jesus is your life. I'll keep saying it till it it goes deep inside. There is no other life. Jesus is your life. If Jesus is not your life, who did you give your life to? Are you truly a Christian? Are you truly a believer? Does Jesus have 100% of your life? Then go where Jesus goes. Why are we so worried about what's going to happen next? Brother, next is up to him. If you know that God's plans for your life are good, the next step is good, brother. The step after that is even good. Even better. Every step, every minute with Jesus is an awesome minute with Jesus. Every minute with him. Every moment with Jesus, if you don't get to enjoy this moment with Jesus, you will never enjoy your future because when you reach there, you're looking at the future. Your future is in Jesus, your past is gone, your future is in Jesus. Touch your neighbor and say, Live in the moment, live in the moment. Live in the moment. You know, in Genesis chapter three, okay, before I go there. How many of you want to encounter God? Awesome. So it's most of us. So this is called an encounter church, right? What if I told you that before you even had a desire to encounter God, God was pursuing you? So which means the encounter... Is always available some of you might be like hey Pastor John can you please give me a scripture reference for that Genesis chapter 3 don't have to go there Genesis chapter 3 we see God creating man doing all of creation and then he comes to man in the cool of the day he comes to Cain and Abel He comes to Noah. He comes to Abraham. He comes to Jacob, Isaac. He comes. He's the one who's pursuing you for an encounter. I'll ask you the question again. Do you want to encounter him? How many of you live in the encounter? Come on now. Yeah. Because we must understand that God is pursuing us every second of the day. Right now, he's pursuing you. He's pursuing you. He's like, man, I want to encounter. I want you to encounter. I want to encounter you. How many of you know that when when Jesus um, was talking to, uh, was sharing this parable about about these people who said, Lord, we preached in your name. We we cast out demons in your name. And he says, I don't, I never knew you. What does that say? It says that we can... Read the Bible and get to know God and fall in love with him but never open up our hearts to him. He, can, he is an open book, are you? We can fall in love with Jesus and sing all these songs and do everything but have a hard heart and not allow Jesus to enter into that the deepest parts of your heart. That's why the psalmist says, Lord, the deep parts of my heart are longing for the deep parts of your heart. God desires to encounter you. That's why the title of this message is The God Encounter. It's not just, I'm not going to give you five steps for you to have an encounter with the presence of God, feel goosebumps and walk away, but I want to tell you something, that God is waiting for you now. While I walk from here to here, God is waiting for you now. Right now. He's, he's there waiting. Can you open up your heart? I want to know you. I want to know. We're singing, God, I want to know you. He's singing, I want to know you. I want to know what makes it tick for you. I want to, I want to know what, what makes you laugh, what makes you cry. Could you open up your heart and share that with me? Could you open up your heart and tell me what makes you sad? Tell me what makes you angry. Tell me what makes you feel hopeless. Tell me what makes you... I will be your strength in those moments only if you open up your heart to me and let me in. A lot of the times we live our lives pursuing God and we just never stop to allow ourselves to get caught by God. We're so in this thing of run, 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 run. We never stop to say, God, you can have all of me. God, you can take all of my heart. God, you can, Lord, there's one day I was in the car and I was driving uh, to a meeting and I was like, Lord, I surrender this meeting to you and I'll, I'll do this and God, I thank you that I'll be successful and I'll be doing this. And He interrupted me in the middle of my prayer and He said, John, I don't know you. I said, Lord, <laughs> I've been in ministry for so many years. He said, yeah, you've known ministry. You don't know me. You must understand the reason why I am the way I am is because that's how he is with me. He's, he's aggressive. He's passionate. He doesn't just lie down and allow things to happen. You must understand, when you, when you see Jesus in the Bible, he doesn't look nice. Have you, have you read the Bible? Read the book of Ezekiel. He's a, he has bronze feet. He has fire in his eyes. His tongue is like a sword, a double-edged sword. His hair is like wool. He's like fire, man. He's not that guy hanging on the cross. He's passionate. He's full of passion. He's full. He's aggressive when the devil comes at you. He's a lion and a lamb. And you must understand that you have to have that encounter with the lion and the lamb. You must come into this place where you, Jesus, I need the lion right now. I, Jesus, this devil is just taking everything from me. Jesus, I need the lion of the tribe of Judah to come and roar over my life. Amen. Amen. The question is: How? What is your walk with God like? What is your f- fellowship with God like for you? What does what does every day look like with God? Is it based on a, oh, pastor, I am uh, Pentecostal, and I am, uh, you know, full Pentecostal, or I am Catholic, (laughs) I am, I'm uh, I'm actually, sorry, I'm Roman Catholic. (laughs) Not just Catholic, I'm Roman Catholic. Um, We have a great fellowship with an organization, not the person. Who is God to you? Is he just someone that pays your bills, keeps your job? How much does he know you? How much? But you might say, well, God is all-knowing, but Jesus says, I never knew you. We're too, we can get too caught up with church and don't get caught up in relationship and fellowship with God. We have to come into this place where we allow ourselves to be, this old man to be broken this old, reserved, preserved <laughs> person that is in chains. We need to let them go. And we need to come into this newness. I would love for a church to be unoffensive, which means you cannot get offended. Like I can preach a sermon and you won't get offended. I can preach this sermon and your perspective of of truth would be so high that you would see correction as love and you will receive love and you'll be like, yes, I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to run with it. I'm going to pursue Jesus. I've been wasting my life all, all this time. I'm going to go after God. That is the kind of church that Jesus gave his life for. So today is really an invite. It's an invitation to get deeper. We can get drunk and absolutely smashed by the presence of God and we can do all of that and walk away from these rooms and have the same week every week. But what if you could get into a place of fellowship with God every day? You can keep an encounter happening every day. You can have an encounter while you're driving to work. You can have an encounter with God while you're in a petrol station. While you're at work, at your work, at your business. You'll be so full of the Holy Spirit. You'll be so deep in the river that the enemy cannot touch you. I read this thing from Psalm 42. The deer, it pants for the water, which means it's been been running for its life. For so long that it's panting for water, it's trying, it can't breathe, it's looking for water, it's looking for the presence of God and the deer comes and he finds a brook and he submerges himself in that brook and it's literally like the the smell of his his life, the smell of the deer gets completely lost to the enemy. The enemy cannot pursue the, the deer when the deer is in the water. And I want to tell you, some of you are ankle deep in the presence of God, but you're still smelling of the old man. Some of us are just knee deep and we still smell like the old man but I want to invite you to come deeper into the presence of God so much so that you are so submerged, you are so saturated, you are so filled by God. You are completely, the enemy cannot even look at you. He cannot even find you even if he wants to. He can go to your enemies and ask for your address, but your address has moved from where you were. Your address is now in the river of the living God. God wants you. He wants you. He will move heaven and earth for you. He moved heaven to the point where his son had to live for you. He's passionate about you. This week, I'm going to prophesy over you now. This week, you are going to be the target of God's love. God is zeroing himself on you in such a way. He's locking on you so much that he wants to pour out his unconditional love upon you. His passionate love upon you so much. He's locking in, he's zeroing on you. You are the target of his affection. You are the target of his obsession. You are the target of his love and he's going to attack everything that is trying to attack your life but you you will be filled with love you will be filled with the goodness of God you will be filled with the abundance of being loved by God this is your week this is your week I want to encourage you Complacency is a spirit. Procrastination is a spirit. Self is a spirit. I want you to lose yourself in God. Get completely lost in his presence. Get submerged in the river of God. I'll tell you, your life will never be the same again. I can guarantee your life will never be the same again. So John, how do I keep connected to God during the week? How do I fellowship with God during the week? I want to take you to John chapter 15. Let's go to John chapter 15. Are you in John chapter 15? <clears throat> Here's what Jesus says. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Say more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Here's, where he's, here's what he's saying. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do? If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are buried. Verse 7. Burnt. Sorry, not buried. Burnt. If you... Sorry, my glasses... I wrote all over the Bible. So I couldn't see whether it was buried or burnt. But it burnt. Thank you love. If you, verse 7. If you abide in me. And my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire. And it shall be? By this my father is glorified. That you bear much fruit. So that you will be my? Disciples. Right. So here, Jesus is saying, he's clearly defining our identity. If you want to be one with God, if you want to fellowship with God, if you want to be connected with him, the connection is abiding. Say the word abide. Abide Abide means to remain. Okay? It means to live. He's saying live in me. He's saying, live in me. I love what the the message translation says. The message translation says, live in him, leave your household, and join yourself to him. Some of us need to leave our households that we're currently having during the week and live in him. When I'm saying household, I'm not saying your apartment or your villa, okay? It's the lifestyle that you're living. The choices that you're making during the week. He's saying, give that up and choose me. He's saying, choose me. Don't choose alcohol, choose me. Don't choose devices, choose me. Don't choose fashion, choose me. Don't choose business, choose me. Don't choose your work, choose me. Oh, Pastor John, what are you saying? I shouldn't go to work? No. Take Jesus to work. In fact, I would say this. When you abide in Jesus, he'll take you to work. When you abide in Jesus, he'll run your business. When you abide in Jesus, he will teach you how to be a good husband. Sometimes I really, you know, in the spirit, I'm seeing this. Sometimes husbands are really good to their wives outside. But when they go home, they treat them like trash. They have no respect and dignity for their wives. And I want to tell you something. You might be unrenewed in this area. But take this from me. Okay? Your wife is your body. Your wife and you are the same body. The Bible says two shall become one. If you treat her, with, treat her badly, you're treating yourself badly. Yeah. If, you, if you don't have dignity and honor and respect for her, you're treating yourself like that. And I'm telling you, you will age faster. When you treat your husband or your wife the way Christ would treat you, now you will live long. You can't curse the same body and, li- and bless the same body at the same time. Do you understand? You can't have blessing and curses coming out from the same tongue. You choose either one. But I'm telling you, the day you leave your differences aside and the day you embrace Christ and you say, you know what? I'm going to respect you as my body then you start living. Then your finances will change. Your marriage will change. Your children will begin to respond to you in a very different way. But trust me, take my word for it. God is watching this. Because he would never treat you like that. He will never abuse you. He will never treat you like a servant. He will never treat you like a slave. He will love you like you are the king. He will love you like you are a queen. He will love you like you are the only person on the planet. And I want to encourage you to come into this place in marriage where your wife or your husband is the only object of your affection. He has to come to that place. That is true Christian living. Till then, we are just trying to have a distant relationship. We do it with Jesus. We live in our parents' home during the week and we come visit Jesus on a Friday who's our husband. We have to come into this place where we reconcile our differences. Reconcile, come into a place of conversation and say, instead of closing our hearts, say, open, open my heart and say, hey, this is really what's troubling me. And help deal with it. So that you can start respecting your own body again. The Bible says your body does not belong to you. It belongs to him and her. In the same way, this body does not belong to you. It belongs to him. It belongs to Jesus. Jesus is the one who owns this flesh Jesus is the one who owns this body and you need to allow Jesus to give you an encounter of love. Some of us have been so far from Jesus that we don't even know what his love feels like. Some of us have been so deprived of love that we prefer having a long distance relationship with Jesus during the week and we think we're having a relationship with him but actually we don't live in him. We don't live with Jesus. We don't work with Jesus. And I want to encourage you to come to this place where your relationship with God is, should be your number one priority. Amen. You should allow him to bless your body in the same way you should bless his body. Your silence tells me that you're receiving the word. Your silence tells me that you are, you're receiving the word and you're, you're believing it and you're going to apply it. It's very important that you understand that that Jesus is saying, abide in me so that I can abide in you. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I make your home, make my home in you. It's an amazing statement. It's a beautiful statement that Jesus is saying. You, You must understand that Jesus left his glory in heaven and came and became a man. That's that leaving and becoming. When you choose to become one with your husband and your wife, it says that you're leaving and becoming one. Do you understand? You must understand. If you want to experience God, you must know that he's one with you. He's one, 100% one with you. The same way that you treat your body, You're treating him. He's one with you. Same, exact. He left his glory and became a man so that man can become like God. Do you understand? He's not sitting down and saying, okay, you try now, try to become like me. He left his father. He left his family and came and became like you and me. How amazing is that? When we get married, we expect our wives to do what we want them to do. Right? We want our husbands to do what we want them to do. We don't say, hey, I've left my family. Can we create a new family? Can we create a new life? Without, we, we take the best of both worlds and we'll create something beautiful. We'll create something new. Oh, I only want to do what my father did. No, no, no. What does your heavenly father do? What does your heavenly father teach you? Because there is a glory that Jesus left and came and became like you and me so that you and I can become like him in glory. It's an amazing life to live when, you, when encountering God is as easy as opening your eyes. <laughs> encountering God in his presence is as easy that's just opening your eyes when you wake up in the morning. Because when, he, when you open his, your eyes, he opens his eyes. When you walk around in the house and you're going to brush your teeth, you're brushing. He's brushing his teeth. Oh man. When you go and decide what clothes to wear, you are dressing Jesus. When you're going to work, Jesus is going to work. When you're talking to your kids, Jesus is talking to your kids. For for far too long, you know, parents have been, have had such a wrong revelation of God that the kids have a wrong revelation of God. You are a mirror. You mirror the one that you love. If you love the law and you're legalistic, that's exactly what your kids will become. But if you love Jesus and if you're in the grace of God and you will empower, you will encourage, you will enable your kids, your family members, your wife, your husband to walk the life and you will trust them. This is really having an encounter with God. Encounter with God is not just about angels. It's not about, wow, I feel the goosebumps. Oh, wow, I see gold as gemstones. Oh, money in in my pocket. Those are all the results of you becoming one with God. One with God. One with God. Here's something that you must understand, especially if you're in marriage, if you're married. If God has joined together, let no man separate. If God has joined together, let no man, that word man is man or woman in one, let no man separate. What is separating you from the presence of God? What is separating you from opening your mouth and actually being happy in the presence of God? Actually, man, saying, Oh wow, what a day I came. Truth is being spoken about my life. I feel like today was the day that God wanted me to hear this message. Today is the day when my life it changes. Today is the day when I will never walk again by myself. I love Jesus. I've given my life to him. I want this walk with God. Jesus and I are the same person. Same. So the more you know him, the more you become him. I'll repeat myself. The more you know him, the more you become him. Abide in me and I will abide with you. In verse five he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He's defining your identity and your role in your relationship with him. He is the vine. Your responsibility is to be the branch. Your responsibility is to stay connected to him. Not connected to church. See for far too long the church has had more meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings so that you can stay connected to God. But actually, you've been getting more connected to people. (laughs) More connected to the church as an organization. But what if we don't have a meeting? Have you thought about your walk with God? Have you thought about what if we don't have a church service? What would you do on a Friday? What would you do? Like, how would you worship? No worship team. No Pastor John screaming from the pulpit today. No passion. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What would your life be like? What would your relationship with God be like? It's a very real question. And, And sadly, a lot of people, and I used to live my life like this as well. Sadly, we would have nothing to do with God. very sad state because everything else is more important than he is because it's more real I can touch it I can touch the money in my bank account I can touch the business that I own I can touch it touch feel but Jesus I have to close my eyes and have to allow imagination to take over and then suddenly some miracles coincidence by coincidence it happens What if I told you he was closer to you than the air you're breathing? He's closer to you than the skin on your bones. He is so close. It's just that you've been distracted. You've been distracted by yourself. You've been distracted by the things. You've been distracted by things. I was going to say something, but I won't say it because I think I've pushed you far enough. You must come into this realization that if it's not for Jesus, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be alive. If it wasn't for Jesus, you'd have no other ark happening all over again. The judgment of God was so ready to be poured out. You must understand there's a purpose to your life. There's a purpose to Jesus being the Lord over your life. If he's not the Lord of your life, you've got to come into this place where you humble yourself before him and make him the Lord of your life. Make him that husband. Make him the lover of your soul. Open up your heart to him and surrender your heart completely to him. Live for him, live in him. Breathe in him every single day. How do I fellowship with God? I wake up in the morning and I open my eyes and I say, God, I thank you that I get to encounter your presence today. Every minute of the day after that, it gets deeper. Just like you have Friday encounter. As soon as you wake up in the morning, I encounter God. As soon as I open my eyes, the first thing I do, I don't take my phone I encounter God. A lot of times we encounter emails and SMSs and WhatsApp and Facebook profiles and, and Instagram stuff, but not the lover of our souls. And I want to encourage you, the minute you open your eyes, to say, Jesus, I'm ready for that encounter today. I'm ready to go deeper every minute of the day. Jesus, every, while you're brushing your teeth, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus oh this is my heart Jesus I open up my heart to you while you're having a shower Jesus I open up my heart to you and I ask you look at my heart Jesus and see if there's anything that is in me that is not of you Jesus look Jesus this is my heart this is where I'm weak in Jesus this is where I struggle with people Jesus this is where I I really am I get angry with people Jesus this is where expose the lies in my heart to me Jesus so that I can be more like you so that I can encounter the truth of your word this is what it looks like to have a prayer life this is what it looks like to have a relationship what what would it be like I was telling somebody and giving somebody an example the the other day with with, 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 about Kelsey and I Kelsey carries my name and everywhere we go Kelsey calls herself by my name my surname because she's my wife We're, we're legally married but what if we go back home and live in two separate rooms What if we eat two separate meals? What if we have two separate lifestyles? Is she really my wife? This is what we do with God. This is what we do with God. We have two different lifestyles. We're schizo. When it comes to our relationship with God, please, please, I'm being very direct with you because your life from today will never be the same again. Yeah, well, We have two different walks with God. We pretend to be Christians, but when we walk away from church, we don't know who this man is. We don't know who this Jesus is. When our friends ask us, are you a Christian? Uh, sometimes. Because you are so afraid of their, of their lack of approval, they might reject you. You're so afraid of their rejection, than the approval of Jesus. We must come into this place where we're real with God. Are we really doing this or are we not? Because if we're not, then we need to call it what it is. We need to call it what it is. If our relationship has been fake, we need to go before God and say, God, my relationship has been fake. If my relationship has been real, I go to God and say, God, my relationship with you is real. I'm ready to lay down my life for you. We have to come into that place. If you want God to do great things to you, you have to surrender the greatness of your heart to Him. You've got to surrender everything, every part of your heart to Him. Everything. And Jesus is saying, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. What are your desires? He's saying, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask what you desire and it shall happen to you. Jesus clearly defines, okay? Are you listening? Jesus clearly defines what his role is and what your role is. He is the true vine, you are the? So my question to you today, according to this scripture, is what is your desire? What is your desire? The definition, your identity, is that you're a branch. You're not a businessman. You're not a mom, not a dad. You're a branch. (laughs) That's why we hang out a lot. (laughs) Right. I've always heard preachers pray preachers preach this and they say, When you're connected to Jesus and you have the word in you, you can ask anything you want. Ask for anything. So people are asking, God, I want a G sixty three. They don't have the money to pay for the insurance on G sixty three. God, I want a big house. God, I want a wife. I don't want to say what I want to say. but God, I want this. I want that. I want to remind you. Your identity is a... So what does a branch desire? Huh? What does a branch desire? Huh? stay connected and no it's not even the branch's desire to bear fruit the branch wants to stay connected and he needs food he doesn't need a new car doesn't need a new house doesn't need a new wife doesn't need anything doesn't need children Doesn't want. he doesn't want anything I just want to live you understand I just want to live can Jesus give me life if I stay connected to Jesus, can the life that Jesus experiences, can it flow into my life? That's all a branch wants. But it's the desire of the root to bear fruit. It's not the desire of the branch. The branch doesn't do anything, man. He's just hanging out. But the root wants to bear fruit. That's the reason why the seed was planted in the ground. The seed was planted in the ground so that you can have fruit. You must understand, the seed does not become the fruit. The seed becomes the root. The root decides what fruit you're gonna have. (laughs) We ask God for things that we don't need. We ask God for things that really he doesn't want to give us. (laughs) It's not his desire to give you a brand new car. It's not his desire for you to have another home. Let me tell you something. When you're connected to him, all of these things shall be added unto you. And now you're feeling oh, 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 oh God, thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. You guys. <laughs> the branch just wants to stay connected. The vine wants the branch to stay. <laughs> there will come a point in time where. The branch would look like a branch, but there will come a point in time where the branch would look like the vine. And when you look at a mature tree, you won't know the difference between the main true vine and the branch. And when you're connected to Jesus, if you stay connected with him every single day of the week, by next week, you'll look more like Jesus. Jesus. I went into this mall yesterday or day before yesterday. I don't know when, and we walked past this, this thing, and it suddenly all lights like photos. They started taking photos of us. I was like, "Wow!" So it just reminded me of that. Are you guys okay? Yes. There's a reason why I started heavy. It's because we need to be awakened to who we are right now, in this moment. Are you connected to the vine? Or are you connected to your own agenda? Because if you are, you have to let it go. You have to leave and you have to cleave. You have to leave your mom and dad and become one. But you can say, pastor, he's not the man I married. <laughs> I, I don't know about that one. I wasn't there. But... <laughs> But now, since both of you are in Christ, you can both become like Jesus. (laughs) You you understand? This is the drama, I hear this stuff all the time, okay? And the reason why I'm saying that is everybody is trying to make each other like Jesus and they're not focused on making themselves like Jesus. (laughs) My husband needs to change. No, no, you change. Pastor, my wife needs to change. She's just acting like a devil sometimes. Must be demon possessed. No, man, if you're demon possessed, you wouldn't be alive. (laughs) You're sleeping, you're eating, your food is not poison. Just know that you are alive. Your wife loves you. She's not demon possessed. She's just correcting you so that you can become Christ-like. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. (laughs) It's all right. Did I just say poison your food? Oh, (laughs) my God. But you know what I mean, right? The devil can do anything. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So, abide in the vine. Not wine. (laughs) Some of you guys are like, ah, he's saying abide in the wine, huh? And they you saying true, true wine. <laughs> <laughs> that means it has to be hundred percent. No, no, wine, wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, not French. Fine. <laughs> this is heavenly. Heavenly. That's why you get drunk in the spirit every time Jesus is around. It's because he so overwhelms you. You know, Jesus is not looking for permission to give you life. <laughs> the minute you're connected, you have. You're full of life, <laughs> like I was going to say, you have no hope to you literally have no hope to live your whole life because Jesus is not looking for permission to love on you but it's like it's like you know, could you just come here? I just want to do something. I want to demonstrate it. okay, Just imagine if this is you and this is Jesus <laughs> Thank you. hi. But you, see, you should, now is when you should say praise the Lord. But then, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so so if this is if this is if you if you're connected to Jesus now you're properly connected with Jesus. Like everywhere Jesus goes, you're going. It's like everything you do, Jesus does. Hey, check this guy, man. Let's give him some hair. Like you know everything. <laughs> Let's just lose some weight over there. Yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. Look at this, look at this lady. Isn't she, doesn't she look really nice? Yeah. does she look really awesome? Beautiful. I made her for you. I made her for you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Right? right, so so here we're connected to Jesus. He's connected to Jesus and now he's he, he's doing everything that Jesus does. He's looking at everything that Jesus looks at, right? Right? Yeah. right. Now, just imagine you're disconnected from Jesus and you're doing your own thing. Right? So, and Jesus now, hey, look at me, man. <laughs> look at me. Just do your own thing. No, no, don't sit. Just do your own thing. Just go and do your own thing. And Jesus is like, hey, I wanna love you. Hey, I wanna love you. No, no, you look at that side. Do your hey, do your own thing, man. Just play the game. <laughs> right? Uh, Jesus is trying to love on him and he's doing his own thing. He has his own life, he has his own agendas, he has his own business plans, he has his he has everything. He 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 and Jesus is like come here, come here. The day, and then, you know, today, like a day-to-day, you come to church and it's like proper direct message and then you're like connected to Jesus. You're finished. Now Jesus only wants to pour good things into your life. He only wants to give you good things. Look at Maria, how awesome she is. Ah, Look at Myra, phenomenal. Look at hair growing, come on now. Come on, hallelujah. Look at that, look at that. Look at how money is going to appear in bank accounts. Look at, wow, look at that. Yes, I receive. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, so it's all connected, right? Yeah. So Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying, look, money is coming in the bank accounts. He says, I receive it. Why? Because it's coming to Jesus's bank account. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Well, look, look. Somebody's going to get healed right now, and they say yes. Jesus saying yes. Why? It's because you're connected to Jesus. You cannot be sick and be connected yes. to Jesus. You cannot be depressed and be connected to Jesus. You cannot be oppressed by any demon and be connected to Jesus. There is a problem. The problem is you've been disconnected. But if you can connect yourself to Jesus. If you can only become one with him. Everything that the father wants to bless Jesus with. All you're walking around is with your hands open like that I receive I receive you're listening to Jesus praying and you go I receive I receive hallelujah I receive that Jesus wants a G63 I don't know I just receive amen, amen. <laughs> Jesus wants a new car I receive Jesus wants a new drum set I receive Jesus wants a new building for the church I receive Jesus wants more money in the bank I receive Everything that is Jesus's, you receive it. But you must stay connected. Finally, my church has come alive, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Took a while. Maybe we should open the Bible now. (laughs) But you get the point. You get the point. You suffer if you are away from Jesus. You are, if, if you even allow a lie to enter into your mind, you, you're away from him. You're disconnected from him. When you disconnect yourself from him, everything that is Jesus doesn't become yours. But you don't even have to pray. You don't even have to ask God. The, pla- the branch does not say, give me some fruit, no. Look at me, man, I like nothing. Look at my life, nothing to show for it. Sometimes, yeah, you know, my my dad used to, when I was in college, he said, just look at you. You have nothing to show for in your life. You just come and you go, just come and you go. Only your friends are your life. I had nothing to show for it. Today I have something to show for it. Why? I'll tell you why. It's because the day when I got connected to Jesus, suddenly my friends got disconnected. <laughs> All the bad habits got disconnected. Why? It's because Jesus does not do those bad habits. All the vices, everything started falling away. Well, because of the bad habits, because of Jesus, it's completely taken away. I mean, just imagine now, you know, somebody asked me a question about football. How how do you think God would celebrate, you know, football games? Whoever wins, Jesus wins. So the minute we take one side, we're becoming one-sided. So when, when India is playing Pakistan, whoever wins, wins. If Pakistan it's a, it's a six, It's operates a lot. Why? Because God created the Pakistanis. Same thing with New Zealand. When we sit in the house and India is playing New Zealand, <laughs> there is no war. There is no war. There's full of love in the house. (laughs) There's peace. There's prosperity. Why? Because if New Zealand wins, New Zealand wins. I don't matter. If India wins, India wins. (laughs) Listen, you can never, you can never lose because Jesus wins all the time. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. You did great, man. You did great.